It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Bellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, there's a good expression attributed to the automaker, Henry Ford, and he said, the only real mistake in life is the one from which we learn nothing. And that's a pretty good one. I received a phone call from a friend not too long ago who was devastated. Uh, she's a very experienced aquarist with a lot of years in the game, like 30 years plus. She made a really basic mistake. She failed to quarantine a few new fish from a trusted online vendor, added them right to her 300-gallon discus aquarium, and you guessed it, almost her entire collection of fishes, many of which are rare and expensive, are showing signs of it. It sucks, right? Now, after we discussed, you know, what we what she felt and what I agreed was her best course of action, she seemed to be a little better. However, she called back again later to just share how she was feeling, the usual emotions you'd expect when somebody goes through something like this, regret, self-criticism, questioning, and shame. Now, the shame part was interesting to me because it seemed to me as she was being sort of unnecessarily embarrassed and really hard on herself. Of course, being a fellow fish geek and the hobby for a lifetime, I shared my war stories and I reflected on the many, many mistakes that I've made and continue to make over the years. I provided the usual, you know, rah-rah stuff, which essentially became platitudes at some point, I think. And the bottom line is that she felt pretty shitty and just wanted to sort of beat herself up. And I wouldn't let her, despite my supportive admonitions to move on. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I think I reached her, but she was still not feeling great. Now, not too many days later, uh, I reflected back on something that I did a few years ago that brought up similar feelings on myself. I remember I was asked by this website administrator, eager to have Tannen's support, and they wanted me to send out a little plug for my company uh, in a, you know, this, this blog that they had. And I remember sending it out in a real frenzy just before an early morning rush to catch a flight. I didn't proof it. I just sent it out really quickly thinking, oh, you know, they'll edit it. They'll catch it. Well, of course, you know what happened, right? It can say some really stupid typos. Some were flat out screw ups by moi, like misspelling the name of my own company. And some were also a result of the spell checker not recognizing the botanical names and offering really laughable corrections, which was still clearly my fault because, hey, the human's supposed to check the spell checker, right? Now, no reader seemed to notice, yet when the errors were pointed out to me by a friend, I fell into the exact pattern that my friend who called me did. I was disgusted, I was embarrassed, I was frustrated, I was angry at myself, and yeah, I felt shame. Shame that I had let my company down, that I, the mighty wordsmith of Tannen, had let some subpar stuff slip out into cyberspace, perhaps damaging my reputation, which I think is really funny because as anybody who reads the, the Tint blog knows, there's generally going to be a bunch of errors in it on any given day. I need to do a better job of editing. I just tend to like get the idea out there and like hope that Spellcheck catches things, which it doesn't. So shame on me. I still haven't learned, right? But look, I tried to rationalize what happened. There was really little to rationalize. It was better to analyze what happened. I rushed and I failed to do the things necessary to avoid errors before sending. The solution was obvious. Just slow down and proofread. Much like the solution my discus-loving friend was being given by yours truly. You know, you know what to do. Just quarantine from now on. You got this. It's easy to say, right? 
I mean, sure, she had a short-term problem of a tank full of expensive sick fishes to contend with. Now, would the mistake devastate her tank? I don't know. What's the immediate solution? Well, we had that. Decisions had to be made and action taken quickly. Would this mistake result in her getting out of the hobby altogether? No, of course not. She's been in too long. And conversely, would my typo-filled you know, post result in the demise of Tannin Aquatics? Well, no, it, it didn't. If that's all it took, that would be pretty shitty and pretty sad. Besides, if customers thought less of my entire company because of a few isolated typos, I, I wonder if these apparently flawless, godlike people are the types that I'd really want to do business with anyway. Yeah, we can rationalize away mistakes. We can dwell on them. We can wallow in it. Let them beat us and win. Or we can learn from them, move on, and vow to take measures never to again make the same mistake. I think that's a better approach, don't you? Remember the investigation following the 1986 Space Shuttle Challenger disaster and then later on the 2003 Columbia disaster? NASA realized that both incidents were a result of failure to follow safety protocols that were or should have been in place to prevent these kinds of things from happening in the first place. Administrative pressures to launch and complete the missions overwhelmed the need to slow down and consider the possibilities poised by you know, cold temperatures or debris strikes to the shuttle with, of course, tragic consequences. Now, what did NASA do? Well, after soul-searching, finger-pointing, and a lot of investigation, they instituted and followed protocols to make sure these kind of tragedies wouldn't happen again. Obviously, lives were lost and would never be brought back, and a proud American institution was rattled to the core. And guess what? After 1986, they made that tragic mistake again in 2003 with a similar devastating consequences. Did NASA quit? No. Did mankind stop exploring? No. We know the rest of the story. A by and large, wonderfully successful program had emerged that had broad-reaching positive benefits for mankind, despite the failures caused by human error and misjudgment. Look, an aquarium or a spelling error on a forum post are not on par with disasters that result in the deaths of humans, but the principles and the lessons to be learned are much the same. As fish people, we can choose to beat ourselves up, listen to a few people who you know, tell us that we're stupid, or we can face what happened. We can look at what led up to the incident occurring in the first place, manage the consequences, and put procedures into place to assure that these types of errors never happen again. We can show others that it's possible to make an error and recover. We can share our story so that fellow hobbies don't make the same mistake. We can make a setback and net gain for ourselves and for the hobby. We can emerge stronger and better as a course, and for that matter, as human beings. I remember the great inventor Thomas Edison once said, uh, you know, because he failed many, many times to get an electrical, a functional electrical light bulb. He made this famous statement where he said, I haven't failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Now, talk about an optimist. But look, think of all the great innovations in, you know, society and technology and arts and in fish keeping for that matter, which arose as a result of failure, a result of error, a result of screwing something up. And rather than dwelling on the negative implications, putting a positive spin on things and moving forward to rise from the ashes of failure, emerging better and stronger than before for the benefit of others, as well as for the individual who perpetuated the error or committed the act of failure in the first place. I submit to you that our aquarium keeping mistakes are sometimes tragic, often expensive, always frustrating, but never wasted if we face them, learn from them, and share the experience with others. In reality, no mistake is ever wasted in life. It can always serve as an example of what not to do, a la Edison. The history of Tannen in its pre-business days was filled with what we'd call disasters, as we determined what would work and what wouldn't. 
We tried all sorts of stuff, all sorts of different procedures, and some with pretty tragic consequences for fishes, and some with really amazing results before ever making the stuff that we sell available to you. In the context of R&D, failure just goes with the territory. It's part of the responsibility to bring a good product to market. One of my favorite personal icons, Steve Jobs from Apple fame, knew of failure both before and during his tenure at Apple. In fact, he was fired. He was actually fired. Can you imagine firing that dude from Apple? I'm dumped by the company he literally co-founded in a garage. As you can imagine, he was devastated. He was humiliated. Felt like a failure. Did he hang it up? Well, of course not. We know that. As he later famously related in a Stanford commencement speech, uh, he said he didn't see it then, but getting fired from Apple was like the best thing could have ever happened to him. And he felt that like this heavy price of being successful was replaced by this lightness of being a beginner all over again and less sure about everything and a freedom to enter a very creative period in his life. I thought that was pretty cool. As Jobs intimated so well, the takeaway from failure is the opportunity to rebound and to innovate stronger than ever before. You know, flush with that hard-won knowledge that you can only get from learning by, well, screwing up. Taking ownership of our mistakes is sort of a pillar of aquarium keeping technique and philosophy. Everybody screws up in this hobby. Everyone fails. Everyone does something contrary to what they know to be correct. Everyone. However, it's the truly successful aquarist, and human being for that matter, who, rather than dwelling on failure, moves on to learn from it. Rises, you know, from the ashes to correct it. Shakes off that cloak of failure only to, you know, put on the freshly pressed garment of success if you want to be, you know, flamboyant about it. But not everybody can do it. Everybody should. If the aquarium hobby were easy, we wouldn't have forums filled with how-tos. And vendors wouldn't stock medication, test gear, electronic controllers, algae scraping tools, all that kind of stuff. You wouldn't need to take the corrective actions when your parameters are head south because they never would. You wouldn't need to tear apart your aquascape to move the fish that you knew would bully everything else in your aquarium, yet, you know, you tried anyways, because you wouldn't have to need to experiment in the first place. I think I'll give my friend a call again just to check in. I think I'll let her know that what she did, although tragic in the short term, was probably one of the best things she could have done. Yeah, really. I'll let her know that if she learns to never make the same mistake again, and more important, shares her mistake and actions that she took to correct it with others, that this tragic incident was actually one of the greatest experiences of her hobby keeping a career. If it helps just one other hobbyist avoid that same mistake, then that old cliche about, you know, the hapless fish is not dying in vain really does hold water. And to you, whoever of you that might have actually read that forum post all those years ago, do you know that cardinal tetra really is a cardinal tetra? Does the fact that I typed G-Fagus instead of Geophagus mean that you'll never look at my company with a, you know, again, or you'll have a jaundiced eye and never buy from us? Maybe, maybe not. I'd like to think that it wouldn't drive you away, but hey, that's your call. I have to tell you that, reflecting back on it, I occasionally am still a little bit upset with myself. On the other hand, at the risk of sounding a bit, you know, arrogant, I'm actually kind of happy that I screwed up. Yeah, really, why? Well, because I don't like the feeling that screwing up left me with and I don't want to feel that again. And that feeling pushed me to do a little better when I submit articles to other blogs. And of course, on my own, I still need to work on it. It's a work in progress. Oh, and this is funny, that site with the error-filled blog that was published, well, it folded shortly afterwards. Maybe it worked out okay anyway, right? <laughs> Maybe I caused it to fold. Well, probably not, but really ironic though, wouldn't you say? Of course, being human, you know that I'm bound to screw up again at some point in the future, and as are you, but it's okay. 
I still believe in myself. I'll still learn. I'll still improve. Oh, and just because we acknowledge and own our failures doesn't mean that we can hold ourselves to lower standards in the hobby. Just means that we need to be, you know, be a little bit more aware of the possibilities of doing something in a manner that we know might be detrimental. And to you, the one hobbyist who thought that he was going to be the one person who could create a substrate consisting entirely of Java fern, or you, that hobbyist who decided that it's okay to build the open top river tank with 30,000 gallons of flow per hour and a surge system located above that really expensive hardwood floor, I wish you all the success. Or at least I wish you a pleasant journey towards success as you recover from an occasional setback. (laughs) Your bravery, your heart, your optimism, your tenacity exemplify the best traits of today's aquarium hobbyists, and for that matter, human beings. So stay with it. Be kind to yourself and patient with others. Stay proud. Stay humble. Stay hungry. Stay calm. And most important of all, stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next Aerofeld episode of The Tint.